Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. One of my great friends for more than three decades is the voice of Monday Night Football on ESPN, Joe Buck. It's always great to have him on the show. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Good morning. How are you? I'm six one, by the way. Where does that? Uh, you are. Oh, man, if I were like a number three starter. Uh, there, there, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So hey, uh, we let's start there. I remember, man. You and I had a conversation. It, it, it was. Uh, I don't even know if you remember this, but I know you remember doing the '05 World Series when the White Sox had all those power arms, and that's what baseball is now is a bunch of those guys. But they were all big, strong, strapping guys. To me, that makes a difference. To, when you have a guy that's six six, you know that he can throw nine innings, and not the pitchers do it any. More, but I just like a big strapping starting horse starting pitcher. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that, but I, it's it's hard. I mean, then then I present to you one Pedro Martinez. Yeah, I mean Greg Maddox. Uh, you know there, and again, I mean Maddox was not a power guy, but he was he could he could muscle up every once in a while and had the ball that jumped and. You know, he would not be considered a big guy. But I know what you're saying. I mean, the typical look of the big horse, the big ace, the number one starter is kind of a bigger-bodied guy. They just look like they can handle more stress. But but there are many, many exceptions to that. There are. But in general, the guys that you saw for all of those Octobers in the World Series, the number one guy was... 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", 220, you know, the, the Justin Verlanders of the world, the Scherzers of the world, the Carpenters of the world. They're Andy just, Pettit. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Those guys. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't disagree. Okay. But again, Pedro is, is, is very small. Oh, yeah. And it was awesome. Uh, my other question is, Joe, you have also done a lot of Super Bowls. Do you have any desire to be at a Super Bowl that you aren't broadcasting? Well, I went to the one in L.A., uh, which I know will make uh, you smile uh-huh. because it's, I, I paid money into the the, uh, the, <laughs> the trench that is uh, this growing fund out in Los Angeles uh, with Mr. E. Stanley Kroenke. But, uh, I, yeah, I went. My daughters wanted to go. It was L.A. Actually, our Super Bowl uh, will be in L.A., which – I hope you'll forgive me for doing the game uh, at SoFi uh, in a few years. No, I, not, I, not I, really. I, I, I'll be your. Well, you've already got a spotter, but I might be standing in the back of the booth to get you grapes or something. Okay, <laughs> all right, good. It's a hell of a stadium. You ought to see it. Have you seen it? <laughs> I have not been in there. No. Okay. Um, no, it's great, but um, yeah, no, I I do not have any desire uh, to be there. It's it's a lot of logistics it's a lot of uh it's a lot of congestion it's just not i'm not that way i'm not looking for the maxim party and and like going out all night and it's just not my it's not my thing and then you combine that with vegas i don't know there's going to be some story there's going to be something that happens because it's vegas Mm -hmm. and it won't stay in vegas it's going to be a big (laughs) something that happens i don't know what it is i have no idea i just think some it's just that is going to be a a a mess in my mind joe i think that if we ever see randy in sofi i think that somebody might have kidnapped him 
I, I agree. I think there's I no agree. way. I, if I found out he was there. I'm going to drag you in there, Randy. I'm going to drag you in there someday. <laughs> and we're going to walk the concourse, and we're going to look at it, and you're going to go, oh, okay. Could it, could it please be for a Charger game? <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. There let's do go. that. Let's let's. let's Baby steps. <laughs> Just little baby steps. Well, Joe, I do want to ask you about the Chiefs and 49ers. Are you surprised that these are the two teams left standing? Um, Not the 49ers, uh, and I probably shouldn't be that it is the Chiefs. I, I think I get a little bit biased when I do a team uh, like I did the Ravens. I did them on Christmas in Santa Clara, and they were phenomenal. Uh, I did them in the playoff game against Houston in the second half. They were unstoppable. And I thought, man, Kansas City's going to have their hands full going into Baltimore and taking on Lamar Jackson the way he played, the way that defense is playing. And it just didn't happen. I, I think we should all be smart enough to know that Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, Steve Spagnuolo, uh, these guys are hard to beat this time of the year. And with all the, the things that went wrong during the regular season, uh, they have it going now. Their defense is playing a lot better, uh, like they did at the start of the year. Their offensive line's playing better. Uh, so may, I shouldn't be surprised, but I, I was. If you had asked me going into the Ravens game, I thought the Ravens would win at home, and, and now I, I think Kansas City's the team to beat. Hey, Joe, as you know, one of the things that's happened in football, and it's in part due to the fact that it, it kind of is the case that the quarterback is so overarching that it's can Mahomes beat Purdy? Can Mahomes beat uh, Lamar Jackson? But to me, Patrick Mahomes is maybe the one guy that does beat an entire other team. He he elevates everybody around him. He, he just changes the dynamic of a football game, doesn't he? I, yeah, I agree. That that's well said because you know we we all fall into that trap. You look at the quarterback matchup, and it's really not. It's not Brady against Mahomes. It's not. It's Brady against the defense. It's Mahomes against the defense. But I think Patrick Mahomes does kind of pull everybody along with him. I think that includes the coaching staff uh, and and any offensive coordinator and any play call. He just makes things better. Uh, he's a great guy. He's a guy that when you get to know him, the more you get to know him, the more you like him. The more you get around their PR staff and you hear stories about things that he does when nobody's watching, uh, the different days that he brightens by by being just a good person. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it's a lot. If you're not a diehard Kansas City fan, you know, you've seen him in the postseason every year. You The, the quarter ends in every commercial on TV is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and I get it. It's a lot, but I, I trust me when I say that both guys are terrific people, Travis and Patrick, and and the head coach is, is just a you know a special man who uh, has been able to evolve over the years and had a lot of success in Philly and even more in Kansas City. Well, then you also have the big story of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Has that been good for the NFL? What do you think about that? Yeah, it's been great for the NFL. I, you know, I, I think we're all smart enough to know that this is a business. I mean, I know that some people get bent out of shape for whatever reason when they see her cheering in the luxury suite. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why that's so off-putting to people, but it is to some. Uh, I, I think most people don't really care. 
And I think it's cool that that uh, that she's there and and cheering on her boyfriend. You know, that's another person. I've not to name drop or act like the big shot in the room, but I've been I've met her a couple of times, and I mainly because my daughters were diehard fans years ago. She sang the national anthem at a World Series game I did. I think it was in 08 in Philadelphia. And it's the only time I went down there to, to meet anybody singing the anthem. And uh, she was a nice young girl then and, and has become a, just from everything I hear, people that have been in those luxury suites, I, I share an agent with Travis Kelsey, could not be a nicer person to anybody that comes in her path. So, yeah, she's a mega, mega star. It's a lot, but you know, I, from from all accounts, they're two really good people. Hey, Joe, it's the, the the sport is so unpredictable, and these two teams are so good. Do you think there's one thing that sets one team apart from the other, other than like the aforementioned Mahomes? Well, I'm I'm a Purdy fan too, by the way, mm-hmm. um, and and I I think you know we've we've kind of grown into this uh, into this lexicon of of something being negative if you say they're a game manager uh and then you throw on top of that mr irrelevant i think it was the 262nd pick in the draft uh before last year and if he was the 261st would anybody even bring any of that stuff up it's it's just that he was you know he would san francisco had that pick they took him uh i remember from day one when we talked to kyle early in the season last year he said i've never had more confidence in a backup quarterback than I have in Brock Purdy. And then Garoppolo gets hurt. He takes over, and the guy manages the manages that offense and distributes the ball the way Kyle Shanahan has always dreamed of it being distributed. So he loves him. Uh, I, we have a ton of respect for Kyle. I think it's the play calling of Kyle Shanahan, his, his ability to, to get matchups that, that favor his playmakers, and he's got a lot of them. With McCaffrey and uh, and Debo is amazing and just a mismatch, and Ayuk is is has ascended to a number one receiver and the tight end Kittle's great. I mean they got a lot and a good offensive line, a Hall of Fame left tackle. Uh, there's a lot there, and so Kansas City's going to have their hands full. I, I would still lean toward KC, but I, I think it's Kyle Shanahan's ability to get matchups and and Patrick Mahomes' ability to to make chicken salad out of nothing (laughs) that's a great story well with i saw in a recent interview joe that you had with sports illustrated where you talked about a possibility of you coming back to do some baseball maybe with chip carry is that something that you would be interested in doing or have thought about more oh god Uh, (laughs) yeah you know i i mentioned it people say well do you miss calling baseball and my answer has always been and i know it makes some people mad in baseball that i say this from different people that that I don't miss calling national games. What my my answer is, I miss being the Cardinals guy. I miss being able to outwardly root for a team and to be happy when they hit a home run and be frustrated when they lose a lead. And it it just adds another layer when you're broadcasting. So my answer was, do I miss calling the national games? No. Do I do what I do miss? is how I started, which was doing games. Of course, my dad was there, but doing games, uh, carrying along with Cardinal fans. Uh, you know, the perception is I don't like the Cardinals. I love the Cardinals. They're a part of my DNA. And and getting back to that someday, 
way in the future is something that's a possibility if it all matched up. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm aware that that's somebody else's job. And, and I'm not the guy that's going, yeah, you know, if I want to come down and, you know, maybe do a game or two or five, or I, I don't. I, don't, I just don't think like that. Like, I think it's insulting to, to Chip or somebody else. But if they needed me, somebody showed up and or couldn't go because they were sick, you know, they could call me and I'd run down there and I would do the most slanted game because the only team I would know is, <laughs> is the Cardinals. So I, I would have no idea who they're playing or who's good on the other team. But for a day or, or two, to have Buck and Kerry in the booth together would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, for everybody that's like 70 and, yeah. and older, I, I don't know that anybody's would freak out about that, but uh, it'd be fun for the two of us. I've known Chip, he was with us, and, and he and I have always been, uh, have been friends because we've, we've had kind of a, a similar path uh, in some ways with the whole nepotism and all the other stuff that comes with a famous last name and a, a famous dad had in mind so we've always kind of had that connection if, if he said if he signed off on it and said hey here's a game in august if you're home uh let's do it then i would do it but it would i think the ask would have to come from chip yeah uh then then you know rather than billy or, or anybody else okay joe i got three more things for you one more broad uh, broadcasting thing there has been a, a lot of belief and i think on your part that tom brady would never become an analyst on fox as we sit here now february 5th 2024 do you think brady winds up doing games on fox oh yeah 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 i i think the only thing i said at the time and, and i i don't backtrack off that i i said i uh, taking a year off and then him going through everything he was going through in his personal life going through divorce uh kind of putting the game behind him i was always skeptical that he'd want to get back in and and kind of do what is necessary uh to be good at being a game analyst and and i and i i think you know i, I still think until you do it and until you get in there and see what it takes and what it's like when the red light comes on and you're under time constraints and you've got to make a point real quick and you're, you know, doing a production meeting with, you know, whoever, the, uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, and, and you're, you're gathering information and you're building toward a game. It's a lot. And, and, and I'm not saying my job is awesome and it's fun and, and whatever, but I'm, I'm conditioned. I know what I need to know. I know what I don't need to know. And I think the minute he starts, it's going to be intense scrutiny, and I'm anxious to see. I every every time I did say I was skeptical of it, I did end it with, and it, it is so true. I really hope he does it because I think it'll be fascinating, and and I want to see him put his mind to being a game analyst. I think it's great. Uh, so good for Fox, and good for him that he wants to do it. I talked to Burkhart the other day. He's done two practice games with him. Uh, and, and so if he's doing practice games and he's kind of canvassing other people who've done it, he's he wants to be great at it. And, and I think we're all smart enough to know that if Tom Brady wants to be great at something, he's, he's probably going to succeed. Yeah, pretty good chance of that happening. All right, to the Blues. Doug Armstrong, I know we'll call you before the deadline. If Army says, <laughs> Joe, should I buy or should I sell? What are you, you going to tell him? Sell. Sell. We're all... I, I love Armstrong. Well, I mean, let's see where they are. But, I mean, is it realistic to think that if they buy and give away younger assets or draft picks that 
they're still going to have enough to win a cup. I mean, we won it a handful of years ago. I say we like I was out on the ice, but <laughs> the Blues won it, uh, and and we all loved every second of it. We've had that taste. I think we're all adult enough to know that these things happen in cycles. And what I love about Doug is him being honest and saying, you know, we're not, whatever the quote was, paraphrasing, you know, we're not in that upper group of teams coming into the season. And so, you know, when you have a GM, which, and I love the man, when you have a GM that I think is, is, is real and, and is realistic with expectations, uh, then I, I think you're looking at it through the right lens. And I, I just don't think a couple of deals here or there or one deal is going to be make them a Stanley Cup winning contender. So keep building, keep getting better, getting younger. Hopefully Snuggerud comes along and, and he's phenomenal. They have pieces. But they they have to they they have to get younger in my opinion. And then the last thing, uh, but was it, is it twenty years ago that you basically spent a whole summer sharpening your golf game? Was is it that long ago that you 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 brought a, co- a coach with you pretty much everywhere you went, right? Yeah, it's just that's so embarrassing to even admit. No, but yeah, it, it was. I wish that I could have done that. But now you, you're probably going to get a chance over the course of this week to play a little golf. When you, if you don't swing for a month, when you get to the driving range, is your swing there in the same all the time, or do you have to kind of work your way into getting your swing where you want it? Randy, I need a therapist uh, <laughs> for, for this kind of stuff. I, I, I obsess about it. Um, I hit so many balls like four days ago when the weather was nice that my left elbow just blew up. Uh, it, it's I, it's ridiculous how bad my elbow looks. It reminds me, A, that I'm getting old, B, that I felt like I was hitting the ball well on the range and I couldn't stop. Uh, but it's typically when I take a lot of time off, I come back and I keep it simple and I'm better. Um, but then I start tinkering and thinking and – writing down notes and my, my almost six-year-old boys are walking behind me like dad's working on his golf swing again because I'm <laughs> pantomiming something walking down the hallway. So it's, it's just nuts. I'm, I'm, it's, it's sad. It really is. I should be better than I am for the amount of time and energy and angst I spend uh, just thinking about my swing. I am glad that you and I and Rob Manfred aren't the only three people that that mime a swing. Uh, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I do it all day long, and I, I I think here's here's my one tip for the day. I think I've spent way too long worrying about where the club is in my backswing that I have I have just completely forgotten about actually hitting the ball toward the target. So I'm 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 forgetting my backswing in 2024. I'm going from the ball forward, and I'm seeing I'm going to see what that does for me. Joe, that's a great pre-swing routine too, right? Just towards the target, towards the target, yeah. towards the target, right? Just have it in your mind, and getting my lower body more involved, and 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 getting my arms out of it. I, I think you know if you look at my Instagram, and I've been off Instagram for like five months and it's been the greatest five months of my life (laughs) i'm much more productive but if you look at what is you know siphoned toward me with some kind of algorithm it's every swing tip (laughs) it's every junk item that is sold to people on the golf channel for the latest and greatest it's just crap you you and i both it's 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 absurd so just go hit the ball and stop thinking 
It's, it's ridiculous. All right. Well, you have play, uh, fun playing. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Have a great time. And we always appreciate talking to you. Love you, man. All right. Love you guys. And, and I lo- you know, I listen a lot. A lot. So I'm, I'm going to send you my notes. Brooke and Randy. I just got uh, so nervous. I've got some. I've got some thoughts. All right, Joe, brother. can I just say I real quick? Gonna, I am going to call Hoffman uh, when I when I. Um, there you go. Yeah, they'll take care of your furnace. Can I just yeah. say, Joe, the first time that Randy told me that you listened to the show, I immediately got so nervous. I was like, Joe, Joe Buck listens to the show. Yeah, the, I mean, huh? come on. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I was, I was like, now good. every time I screw up, I'm like, okay, Joe Buck just heard that. Great, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, uh, and I, I get it that Dan doesn't like any of the uh, the little face-off sound drops other than just win, baby. I got it. Got it. <laughs> I'll I'll uh, just for you. When next time I win, if I if I win again, I will do all of them. If you win again, I I don't even know you anymore. The, the stuff that you remember is is just it makes me want to slide into an MRI tube and get everything checked because I was at some of these things and I don't remember them. And, and you, <laughs> your memory is crazy. Well, Joe, as I tell you, it's the one gift I have. That's not true. <laughs> you, have more, you have more gifts than that. I appreciate that. You're a great friend. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you later. All right. See you. See you, Joe. Uh, the great Joe Buck with us on 101 ESPN. A Hall of Famer, Joe Buck, by the way, Pro Football Hall of Fame. And uh, he won the Pete Rosell Award, as his father did.